Vintage Sustainability, a podcast where Gordon and John look back at 25 years of sustainable building. Oh. I think, uh, are we off to Gateshead? Off to Gateshead, to see Peter Rolton. Peter Rolton? Of the Rolton Group. Of the Rolton Group. You know, I've got something in, sort of in common with Peter. Yes. Yes, I, he did the building services engineering degree at Newcastle Polytechnic. Oh, Newcastle. He finished two years after me. Right. So I, I know we sort of, uh, sort of will remember that, but I thought we might just ask him if he can remember what his final project was. Oh, that's a good idea, because your project was with the architects at Newcastle University. Yes, we used to do a joint project. Seen and have the same note as me. Will he remember? What do we think? He'll remember. He'll remember. remember the project and the field trip. He'll remember the project and the field trip. Okay. (laughs) Up some of Alan Newell's jokes. Ah, right, yes. Okay. (laughs) Well, let's get to Gateshead. That's good. But I just had a question for you, Peter. So we did the same degree course at Newcastle Polytechnic. You did. Building Service Engineering. So we have the same tutors. We've probably got the same notes. If you've still got your notes, I don't know if you have, yeah. but if you've thought the same notes, and you'll have done a final year project yes. with Newcastle University final year students. Yes. Can you remember what it was? Yes. <laughs> Would you like to tell us about okay. it? Okay. So, um, one of the things, I was kind of saying we're doing the formal thing, right? Yeah. So, so, one of the good things about the course actually was this final year project where you actually got to work with final year sort of architectural students. They were in, I think, the last year of their second diploma, so uh-huh. like us, they were about to go out into, into professional uh, practice. And uh, a lot of the, uh, the, sort of the, the you know, colleagues on the course um, did a sort of a design of sort of building services for a, you know, a Pacific project. Okay? Uh, there was one lad who uh, rather spectacularly used the um, Pacific heat of water instead of air for his ductwork. I wonder why his ductwork was a quarter the size of anybody else's. We did fit quite nicely though. Okay. Why's all the stuff with the size of pipes? What have you done? Okay. Which is a bit of a bit of a worry really in the final year. But anyway. Uh, okay. But um, no when I did I did a I did a low energy house uh, design uh, with the student that I was working with. But what we did was um, I wrote a computer program. Uh, to simulate the sort of the sort of passive house type stuff that was going on at the time, uh, looking at the interchange of heat, uh, temperatures, the benefit of having things like an atrium stuff centre of the house, and uh, that was done in such a way that you could then run multiple iterations of, of his design, right, and then see how that actually worked out in in practice. Okay? Which at that time would have been quite difficult to do multiple so it was actually writing, writing that as a, as, a, as a computer program. And I was the only one that actually did that. I think he did give the, the examiner, of course, was an external person yes. who came round. Um, I think I did give him a bit of mental indigestion because it was well outside of his comfort zone as to what I'd actually done. But hey, it all worked out in the end. So and you, that was that big final display. Yes. In Rutherford Hall in my day. It was probably around there where he had put it and they invited the industry in, or, and, and, so I think that was a great part of the course. It was, it was in the church, the church, that's the church, right? Across the way, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we were in there, we pinned, we pinned up and down. Okay. So was, was greenness very much on the agenda then, not not being invented? No, I mean, <laughs> greenness, was, greenness was probably something growing in your flat, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the bathroom, like those days. No, it wasn't, it wasn't at all. I mean, I, you know, we, we shouldn't scoff too much. But I mean, I think you have to remember that this is, this is the, sort of the, the, the 80s, mm-hmm. yeah. 
and at the time, you know, you hadn't even had the privatisation of the energy industry. Mm -hmm. So, and you can sort of summarise UK energy policy and sort of dig up the North Sea and set fire to it. Mm -hmm. That's basically what we were doing. Yeah, Oil, gas, okay, best grass, gas grid in the world. Uh, your gas connection for your building came free from British gas. The gas itself was cheap, relatively. Yeah. Uh, and the moment you try to do anything clever, look at you know alternatives, you know heat pumps and CHPs and all sorts of other weird and wacky things. You just run right. the fact that I think. So one of the things that John and I, we did early research on Brian. Yes. So something that came along through that period, so I think <laughs> just to sort of summarise in my head really, the, the, the price of gas electricity wasn't a driver at all really, and probably wasn't, Brian launched in 1990, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. not on the back of sort of, climate change was in it, Yeah. so carbon was part of it, a small part of it, but it was... It, it, it came along and it didn't really get a lot of purchase till about the millennium. Yeah. And it's, it became part of government policy to have a Brian excellent in building schools for the future. Yes. And suddenly that tool became the default route to green and sustainable buildings. Yeah. You know, clients asking for an excellent. What was your experience with the tool arriving? Well, Did you welcome it? Well, I think what came before that was quite interesting, of course, right. which was about sick building syndrome. Do you remember that? Yes, that, that actually was a bit of a precursor for it. Yes, it okay? was, really. Which was, you know, particularly in the London office market, buildings were not enough fresh air, you know, too much fluorescent light, no one thinking about, you know, things like the fact that people are spending too long indoors and stuff. And, yeah. uh, you know, ventilation systems and cooling towers not being cleaned and maintained. So to, to me, I seem to remember it started on the sick buildings thing, then it sort of morphed into the idea of better buildings, and then it morphed into sort of sustainability, and it morphed into the Briam thing. And I think Brigham started, you know, started very nobly. Mm -hmm. I think it absolutely thoroughly lost the plot somewhere along the line. Um, I remember sitting in the meeting, the developer was trying to get a rating, and the answer was a duck pond, two bike racks, and a bus stop. And uh, you know, when that's when that's when that's what you were doing to get your rating up, you've lost you've lost the plot somewhere because actually that's nothing to do with the building. You know, it just becomes points and box ticking. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Brigham has? has Said it's positively in the direction, or has it probably just? Well, it started. In some I, think it's, I think it started the debate. Okay. Yeah. And I suppose, from the point of view, it got people thinking about things. That's probably not a bad thing. Um, but you know, it's not. It's not something we promote to our clients. All right. And if they come along and ask for it, we usually say, "Kind of sit and talk about what you actually really want." Okay. Right. And uh, you know, there are there are things that actually we can do to make your building very environmentally friendly. I think the, the energy rating is good. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and certainly we we've done work on buildings where you know we've gone down the heat pump route, a lot of recycled energy. Even with a couple of buildings we've done, we've ended up being you know, sort of minus A type ratings. Okay. But we've not done it by following anything that's written down in Briam. We prefer to say to the client, well, we should take a more tailored approach rather than a prescriptive one. Are there kind of structural issues or institutional things that are forcing people to do Briams, or is that gone? Because the, the government wouldn't uh, take any offices that weren't uh, very good, I seem to remember. At yeah, one I, mean, I, I don't know where they are on that at the moment. The, service, the sort of commercial property world sort of started with it, and I think they were worried that you know, if stuff wasn't a certain rent and it would start to affect the letability of it mm -hmm. at a later date. I'm not kind of seeing that now. People are focused on energy ratings, they're focused on funding costs. Um, uh, I've seen a lot less emphasis around Bria no, no. in recent, in recent yeah. years now. Yeah. Yeah. Whether, so, it's, whether it's kind of had its day, I think people are starting to think more about things like net zero, 
carbon embankment in the structure and the materials and the manufacturing processes. Yeah. That's kind of starting to take over. So it's moved from sort of the prescriptive, you know, the prescriptive box ticking to being more about the carbon in, in usage mm -hmm. and the carbon into construction and manufacturing. So the way people are taking all those <coughs> things that were in Briam were very prescribed and focused yes. and assessed and saved. All this is important. But it doesn't apply to your project yes. in the right way for you as a client in that Yeah, I, mean, I think you could describe that as the, you know, the debates matured and the conversations have matured to be what it's really all about, which actually is, is carbon. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Brian wasn't all about carbon, but so that was one of those. We've all have got those great stories. You know? yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've just done um, the first you know, net zero school for local authority. And that's that done down, I mean, they've, they've gone down, they've gone straight down the carbon route. And they complained it was 15% more expensive, right. which we actually thought was quite a good result. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in yeah. terms of actually getting to net zero yes. for 15% on cost, we actually thought it was pretty competitive. So what technology have you got in that? Um, it's got all sorts in it. It's got everything from um, solar panels, heat pumps, you know. So, right. Yeah. 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 Going forward. So the MEES regulations, the you know, minimum energy efficiency standards, so making existing buildings move up from sort of ENFs to DNEs to CNDs to AMDs over the next 15 years, if, now I'm not sure how that's played out in the, in the recent sort of step back yeah. from the trajectory, but that, that trajectory looks entirely challenging for the country yeah. in terms of commercial, build, commercial buildings and housing. Commercial buildings, when you look at the amount of work the amount of engineering, and that's great in a way, yes. a lot of work, but we need to get solutions that are right. Yeah, but I mean, essentially, you know, and again, we've been talking about that this with clients up here this last few days, is you can boil a lot of this down to, you've got a sucking great big yellow gas pipe, you could take all of that energy out of that and you can stick it on those cables that come in the corner of the building, right? which are probably just about big enough now. And if everyone does the same, where do you end up with? You end up needing to rewire Newcastle Town Centre. City centre uh, and, and the rest of the country, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's th and that's the bit that's not actually really being talked about, okay. I mean, saying no new gas boilers in you know new homes is fine, but I mean, that's that's deck chairs and Titanic stuff, really. It's not going back and sorting the actual fundamental problems out. And the other, the other sort of, I suppose, pet bugbear that I have around all of this is the current state of sort of the network in terms of tariffs and charging structures, really. I think I think the disappointing thing is not having, you know, longer term you know, vision on, on the politics. I mean, I, I, I worked as an advisor in government between two thousand six and two thousand and ten, uh, and you know, there at that time there was a lot of impetus. They were going to do the, you know, the zero carbon homes in twenty sixteen thing. That, yeah. We were on target for the EU binding twenty twenty commitments around renewables. We had feeding tariff, real heat incentive. There's going to be a lot of onshore wind. Yeah, the administration changed without getting political, and they binned it all off, you know, the, the home builders sort of convinced the then government that zero carbon homes wasn't worth doing, and we put the cost up and reduced numbers that were going to get built, uh, they bought that story, and, and binned off the legislation, and here we are now back about to go around it all again with heat pumps, not gas boilers, and, you know, they took out onshore wind support because it was a vote loser in rural conservative constituencies and so on, okay, and we're about to go around all that again and probably get, you know, back onto doing more onshore wind. So we've, we've lost 15 years, really. Yeah. I remember exactly the thing you talked about, the zero carbon homes. 
and commercial movements by 2019. And what we'd done at the time, and we had like a timeline. Yes. And you know, we were, you'd have been the same. We were excited by the challenge of, of the work that would come along yes. in that process. Well, I was one of two advisors in government on the Renewable yeah. Advisory Board. It's one of two engineers. Okay, there was a whole mm-hmm. bank of advisors from different energy companies, stakeholders, parliaments, and things. And uh, Brian Marks was the other guy. Oh, Brian, yes. Brian was Brian. Fortune 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 Fortune. He sold his business yes. to Mark McDonald's. He did, he did. Yeah, yeah, okay. yes, so Brian, Brian and I became good mates, and uh, you know, we wandered around, and I think they've described a demilitarised zone between politicians and senior civil servants, right? right. And uh, hoping basically, because <laughs> politicians are all ideas, civil servants are all regulation of why you can't do things. <laughs> okay, and we were sort of trying to give that real world engineering feedback on what would work and you know what uh, what uh, what what didn't work. And but the funny thing about it was you got a report every year because it was the Nolan rules on right. you know, public public offices. Okay, because uh-huh. so, they brought all this in to stop people getting on these committees who were just sort of bullied by their mates. So you had to go and have an interview. Okay, and I remember going to have the interview. They got a room full of people. You see, and they did panel interview. And they all introduced themselves, and the chap on the end said to me, I'm the moderator, my job's to make sure your questions are no harder or easier than anybody else's. <laughs> that's always quite interesting. But uh, Brian and I were the two engineers, and the reports that were written on this were quite good. I mean, the one that was written on me said, Mr. Rolt was a chartered engineer. This is hugely valuable. He understands what a kilowatt is. So, John, I think that was uh, interesting on Brian. Now, we talked to Peter Ferrotto. We're just going to pause the podcast in a way, and on the next one, we're going to talk to Peter about issues of like strategic grade and some of the other issues that came up in the conversation with Peter. So um, on the next episode, we'll be talking to Peter again and we'll be talking more about sort of strategic issues at an infrastructure level. Yeah, should we talk? Yeah, good. So that's coming next. Fantastic.